Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you this morning. It's Sunday, August 23rd. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I just have this feeling that August is never ending. I don't know why it seems so long. It's all the weekends this year in August. I'm with my vacation uh, sister, Monica Dolan from Bend, Oregon this morning. Hey, Monica, I'm so glad you could join us. I didn't even ask. (laughs) I felt bad bugging you on vacation, but you're here. Oh, no. Happy to be here. Look, I got plenty of free time plenty of free time over here excellent excellent all right and julie dolan you are back in dallas texas great to talk to you today julie happy to be with you this is a nice grouping you know you never know who's going to show up for these podcasts but and (laughs) and we get all kinds of different kinds of shows depending on the combination of sisters so i i i like this combination i'm very happy about it yeah so i'm happy to tell you that this combination today is going to be tackling some hard-hitting issues should you bring your cat on vacation (laughs) would you buy the world's most expensive underwear and where are the best beaches in the world? So uh, I think that is a full show, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. We also, it's August, Leanne. It it's is. August. It's August. Yeah. Summer weekend in August. But we do also have an international news roundup. Uh, Julie's going to bring that to us. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ashley Madison breach this week, only because it makes Julie and I so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have an Instagram pick of the week. I, I have someone I want to mention. I think you should all follow along on Instagram now that we're all on it. Instagram. Um, but first, you know what? I wanted to fill everybody in, uh, but including you, you and Julie, Monica, because I don't even know if you know everything that's happening behind the scenes here at Satellite Sisters in the next couple of months. Is this I, sort of like a business meeting we're having um, on a live podcast? I, like I just want to, I just want to preview Monica. Sometimes we don't want to, you, you work a hard full-time job, so we don't want to bother you with some of the details. So I thought I'd just fill you in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. So first of all, we do have a book coming out in October. It's called you're the best a celebration of friendship that comes out at the end of October. So we're doing a lot of things in preparation of that. So I want to remind people, you can go to our website, find out about the books. We're starting to add calendar calendar dates, but we're really having two big events and that would be, uh, the biggest of the book tour. One is in Brooklyn, New York, and that is October 29th at powerhouse arena in Brooklyn, New York. Very excited about that. And the other is in Pasadena, California, and that's November 9th. That's a Sunday at noon or else you can see us Thursday at 7 PM. Those are your two choices. Uh, but I did want to mention that if you come to Pasadena and I know that we have some people that have already made their plans, booked hotel rooms. They're coming in for the weekend. It's a beautiful time in Pasadena. On Saturday night, save sort of the five to seven slot because we're going to be doing a Satellite Sisters meetup that night. So, so and explain what a meetup, I mean, how the, we're going to operate the meetup. It's yeah. Just, I don't really know that we're still working on the details. We're just trying to find a place where we can show up. Okay. So this is not and it's like, you know, and it, there's, it won't be some, it's not a catered event. You no. just come and, and you can meet the sisters right. and meet yeah. other satellite sisters. And it was, it's just really fun. We did yeah. one in Dallas. It worked yeah. out really well. Right. It's, it's an informal meet and greet. Um, so there won't be a big presentation. We're not selling books that day or anything. You'll have to come to Romans the next day for that. But, um, this is a chance. What's that? Cash bar. Yeah. I, that it's a no host is I think the, (laughs) 
no polite way of You're saying it. It's a no-ho situation. We're just trying to find a location. We've made several spurned attempts at, at finding sort of a quiet, uh, intimate uh, location for that. But we will carry on with that. I just want people to put aside that date. If they're interested, they're in the L.A. area or they're flying in for that weekend, 5 to 7, a Satellite Sisters meetup. I mean, I know Corny Cole, our former executive producer, is going to come. We're going to try to talk John Ramos into showing up. So it could be kind of a Satellite Sisters radio production team reunion. So we're, we're doing that. And then speaking of John Ramos, you know, Liz has cooked up uh, this scheme where John Ramos is now re-editing. John Ramos is our old engineer, our former engineer from our ABC radio days. And we love John. And if you've been following along. he's brilliant. He's brilliant. It was always just so great to have him in the booth because if John laughed, you knew that was a good show. You knew you had made a good joke. And so uh, it was great to have a man's perspective. And he did an incredibly bad impression of Kira Knightley, which he now does on the on the Jay Moore show, which he engineers. But um, John is behind the scenes again. He is editing down some of our classic Satellite Sisters interviews. And Monica, I mean, we talk to a lot of people. <laughs> I know. I know. Liz posted a list the other day of just some people we had on Father's Day, you know. Yeah, one Father's Day show, we had Bill Clinton, George Foreman, and I forget who the third bang-up guest was. It was just an unbelievable list. But behind the scenes, like, we've been getting these lists, pulling out some of our favorite interviews with people like Madeline Albright and Nora Ephron and Cal Ripken I listened to yesterday, baseball great Cal Ripken that we talked to a bunch of times. So our plan is to repost all these Satellite Sisters interviews, but we're going to do an intro ahead of it, like re-listen and then talk about talking to that person, which I think is a pretty good idea, don't you? I yeah. think it's wonderful. And they're going to, they're short. They're going to be shorter than our regular podcast shows. So right. Right. Mm-hmm. They're going to be about 15, 20 minutes and that's it. So we're going to start reposting those in September. Um, also, uh, you know, blast from the past. We, we had bought back the rights to uncommon senses, our book from 2001. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be publishing that in an ebook format. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sorry that, that I woke up there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I know. You woke up. You're paying attention now, Monica. Yeah. Okay. That's what yeah, I mean. That's fantastic. Yeah. Things are happening. Like, we're, so we'll be able, we're figuring that out. I've never published my own ebook. We're going to do it on our own. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. And, you know, Monica, here's what happened Liz gets a hold of stuff. And then, you know, in 48 hours, you got to start executing the plan. <laughs> Or you're going to hear about it. So, yeah, yeah, we're doing that. And then um, we are wrapping up our summer interview word right schedule with um, Erica Zhang. Uh, In September, Julie and I are going to be talking to Erica Zhang, which I'm very excited about. Aren't you, Julie? Fear of talking. I'm I'm a little (laughs) – I think it will be fun to talk to her, yes. I mean, and if you haven't listened to these – Leon just posted a great one with author Elizabeth Egan this past week. I mean, these are these are just informative, delightful interviews between two writers, Leon and another writer. And you just get you ask questions that, you know, are so interesting and revealing about the writer and the writing process uh, for non-writers like ourselves, like me. It's, <laughs> I, I find them very, very interesting. Thank you very much. Well, you know, one of the keys is I really read the books. And so oh. that that's a little key. That's a secret, Liam. It is. It's a 
secret to my limited success. Uh, so, so we have a ton of things coming up on the docket uh, over the next couple months. And uh, so spread the word whenever you see something, but we appreciate, um, if you're wondering what we do, that's what we're doing behind the scenes. We are, we are really cranking things up. So, um, but Monica, what have you been doing this week? How, how's your week been? Uh, well, it, it, there was a rough spot in the middle of the week. Um, and I was thinking of, I had a situation at home. It was, I, don't know, I was thinking, what would Dr. Forney do? Now, you guys remember Dr. Forney? He was our satellite sisters, expert on civility, civil conversations. We had him on the show many times. Uh, and we often had to ask ourselves, what would Dr. Forney do? So I think everyone knows they're building a giant house next door to me. <laughs> everyone knows, Monica. Everyone knows this. Totally the everyone knows. Is out. Uh-huh. Um, everyone knows this. So they scraped off the little house next door. They're building a giant house. It's about four months ago. The contractor came before they had started the house, had a conversation with me about there is a fence on you know, their side of the yard, but it's my fence. We had a conversation about he wanted to take down my fence and replace it with a new fence. And he also wanted to cut down one of my plum trees because he thought that was in the way. So I, the last word was, I'll think about it. I didn't commit to anything, Mm -hmm. but as the construction has gone on and I see how big the house is, I decided I didn't want to take down my fence because my fence has a lattice top on it and I didn't want to cut down the big plum tree. So imagine my surprise when my neighbor called me a Thursday. Uh, she, she, she calls herself neighborhood watch. So I was at work. She called me and she said, Monica, there's a big burly guy on a backhoe. He's in your backyard and he's just ripped down your fence. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh Monica. And you know, that's my, more than a bump in the road, Monica. Right. That's like that's like a home invasion, right? <laughs> wow. And she said she she was walking over there, and she was very concerned because my cat lives in the backyard. Yeah. Now there's no fence there, and she said, "Well, let me just make sure." She goes, "Oh no, it's gone, it's gone." And so I decided to leave work. Uh, I came home, and lo and behold, like backyard exposed, the front gate is gone. The fence is gone on one side of the yard. Thank God the cat is sitting there. So I called the contractor because he, first of all, he has my phone number and my email. Right. I've never, I hadn't yeah. heard from him in four months. So I called and I got his wife is also their business partners. And I have to say, I read her the riot act. Good. <laughs> no, you should. I mean, that's bad. That, I, that's, that's, that's completely bad. Yeah. yeah. You should call the police yeah. first. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, right. that's, that was trespassing, yeah. home invasion, right. fence crashing. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that. You did <laughs> not agree to that. Yeah. I did not agree to that. And that I actually, for you, Monica, I'm glad you did get mad because sometimes you're really nice. You're such a nice person. I'm glad you got mad because right. now people, you, people you, do walk all over me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I I'm really, proud of you. Leanne didn't want to say that. I didn't. I was trying. Yeah. yeah. I, I was pretty hot under the collar. I said, you know what? I never said you could tear down. I said, was that, that is my fence. Let's just, she goes, oh no. Uh, yeah. She goes, yes, it's your fence. 
But she said, well, we're going to build you a new one. I said, but I never said yes. And I said, you know what? If I, what if I had a dog back there? You know, right. That dog would be gone. And I said, as it turns out, I have a cat, but cats don't run away. So, you know, I said, I just can't believe you didn't call me. You didn't email me. I said, you know, I hope you don't take down that plum tree before I get home. I was sort of. All right. Good one. Yeah. So then I started thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to go on vacation tomorrow. So I'm driving home and it's just escalating in my mind. I'm like. Well, I have to go on vacation tomorrow. Well, now, what if the cat's missing? I can't go on vacation, but I've agreed to take care of a friend's dog over here in Bend for the weekend. So it's like, well, I guess I'll have to get up at four in the morning and drive to Bend, take care of the dog, and then drive home. So I was... (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you really... That's extreme. So when I pulled in my driveway, big burly guy, he goes, well, sure hope you didn't want that fence. I said, well, as a matter of fact, I did. So... He goes, well, we didn't know anything about it. I said, well, that's obvious because the fence is gone now. So I decided I, there wasn't, I left a message for the head contractor guy, but I had calmed down. You know, I took, it was like an hour things. I, I calmed down a little bit. So when I talked to him, I, this is when I was thinking, what would Dr. Forney do? First off, he was very apologetic that they didn't contact me. He said they meant to do that. Um, and and I said, you know, what if I had a dog back there? So I decided just to say, you know what? The fence is gone. So let's just move forward from here. Excellent. So, thank you. Yeah, because what you really want is a really nice fence put up. Right. I said, there's really nothing we can do about it. It's gone. So let's just talk about how we can move forward. So in our original discussion four months ago, he said his fence guy would put up a new fence on my side, but I would have to pay for the gate, you know, the gate that attaches to my house. And he said that would be like about $400. So now when I said, let's just move forward, he said, well, we'll try to have the fence up by next week. And he said, and we'll pay for the gate and everything on your side. Okay, good. Got a gate out of it. And I said the other Which, thing. Which, of course, you know that was their plan all along. What? They didn't try to contact you. They just took the fence down. And they it was like a, you know, beg for forgiveness instead of ask for permission system. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure he talked that over. We're like, let's just do it. And then we'll build her the gate. And she'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yes, but don't I shut up. I want you to get more. I want, I want you to get more. You should get a new patio out of yeah, this. Too. You, should get, you should get some landscaping. Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, so so the, so the I, I'm getting the gate for free. You know, they're going to build yeah. the gate. We agreed. I wanted to keep the plum tree. He said he was okay with that, which is great because that provides a lot of cover. And then there's this other little scraggly oak tree that shouldn't be there it's a big mistake Mm -hmm. it's like an acorn gone wrong you know that just implanted and so I said I don't think that tree is going to be that tree is going to be a big problem in like 10 years so he agreed to take that out so there you go I uh I feel like I took the high road I was very calm when I talked to him he is very apologetic and I said I appreciate your apology and We'll just move forward from here. So that's you know what kind of fence they're putting up? It's going to be a six foot high wood fence. 
privacy fence. So totally solid. And uh, he said, if you want, I'll give you the name of my fence guy. I was like, I don't want the name of your fence guy. <laughs> Just put no, up the you fence. should. No, get oh. the name. You want to make sure that he finishes it nicely on your side and everything like that. I think it will be. He said it, it will be. He said we do nice fences and he said they look good from both sides. Uh, so, you know, I can't, there's nothing I can do about the fact that I wanted the old fence. It's gone. So, yeah, I just hope when I get back, it looks so exposed back there. I mean, obviously. Yeah. The fence, the fence is gone. Um, and they did tear down the fence. The neighbors behind me have two dogs. And luckily they were away for the weekend uh, or for the week. So otherwise, I think their two dogs would have gotten out. But there you go. Oof. Well, Monica, Dr. Forney would be very proud of you. Uh, and I hope you're, I hope you're ha- satisfied when the new fence goes up. Yeah, but, and, uh, and I hope it's it goes up by the time I get home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that is dramatic. That's a dramatic story. And those are always intentional. Like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, he said, oh, I guess we were ahead of schedule. and I Which never know. happens. <laughs> yeah, he goes, I didn't know. It, it, they're not ahead of schedule. Right. It's been five months. Right. They've been building the house, and he said it would take three months, so... He said, the guy, he said, I meant to contact you. I said, well, that would have been nice, but. (laughs) All right. Well, keep us posted. I I want, we want photos on, we want some photos. I want to see that gate. Make sure you get good hardware on the gate. Yeah. (laughs) I want to make sure. sure And if you have any problems, have Leanne call on your behalf. Because I think that she could be the kind, a contractor advocate for you. I I can play a legal lawyer. If I a legal lawyer, a real estate lawyer, if you'd like me to, or we we do have a real estate lawyer in the family. You may want to call Mary McGuire and get her on the case if you need to. If the if the hardware is not up to snuff. All right. In in other news this week, while contractors were tearing down uh, Monica's fence, uh. Ashley Madison was getting torn apart by hackers. Now, Julie, when this story came out a couple weeks ago that there had been a data breach Mm -hmm. at the infidelity website, Ashley Madison, you and I, we were gleeful, weren't we? Yes, we were. (laughs) We just said we thought it was so deserving. There's really not a better group of people to be hacked than than people who are contacting a website to set up an affair, right? Right. As people who have been married a long time, we we can't support infidelity. <laughs> we no, just don't no. do it. We're very pro marriage. That's that's we're not going there. So that yeah. was yeah, it really made us happy. Like I wasn't the least bit sad for any of them, right? Well, and don't be the least bit sad, mainly for the founder of Ashley Madison, who after some further reading, his name is Noel Biederman. He's been, quote, happily married for 12 years. And his wife said this week that if he had an affair, it would break her heart. Uh, But he calls himself, Julie, the king of infidelity. Now, that's a charming title, isn't it? Uh, You know, when he gets to the pearly gates and he goes up there with that title, he might have some difficulty. That's all I'm saying. So so the more I read about Noel, uh, really the happier I got that the data had been breached. And then the news that, you know, one of the first emails that they tracked down was Josh Duggars. Now, Josh Duggar, I mean, I just ask you, sisters, I bring this up because I think like, what is going on? in your mind and your ego. You are Josh Duggar. You have, we've just learned a couple weeks ago that he molested his sisters as a young girl. The family covered that up. 
Then they went on TV, had this very public uh, show on the Discovery Channel about, you know, their lives as this giant family. Then, you know, his marriage, his wedding was like a centerpiece uh, of that show. And he's moved on. Now he's the father of four. He's taking lots of money from a very conservative group called the Family Research Council to promote, quote, family values. And in the meantime, he has not one but two accounts on Ashley Madison. What is going on in his head? Could anyone explain that to me? Like, if you're that public and you're literally out there preaching against this kind of behavior, what are you thinking when you sign up for not one but two accounts? I don't understand that mentality. Like how he thinks he's not going to get caught. Right, exactly. That anything is confidential. See, I think some people are naive and think, that that anything anything you about you is confidential it's really not it's, it's really not people can find that out you know so when i first read that story i i i didn't believe it i said oh it's the internet they're fooling around this can't possibly be you know you're right just, you're you're you know, right julie I, I just thought this is too perfect as um as you know that he would be one of the victims of this hacking so yeah, I don't know. Liam. To me, it's just... the glass house syndrome. Like, I don't understand the infidelity is one thing, but the hypocrisy, like, I don't know how you live with yourself and collect money from groups and preach against other people's lifestyles. And you're just a train wreck. Like, yeah. and you think you're never going to get caught. And, and yet you're someone who literally is on TV every single day. Like, <laughs> I mean, really until, until TV discovers that you molested your little sisters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's shocking to me, but I guess, and I think maybe everyone on that site has that same mentality as Josh Duggar, like they're never going to get caught. Or yeah, well, what about all the federal employees that were using, <laughs> again, using their federal, you know, work accounts to set up um, these infidelities? You know what, again, what are you thinking? You think, you're, you're thinking that this is your own personal account and that nobody's going to find out about this? I don't know. Well, I guess the only good thing to come out of this is that we know now that Josh Duggar's turn on is natural breasts. So <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> Important feel, information. I feel Important. terrible for his wife and his four yeah. kids yeah. on so many levels, on so, so many levels. Okay. I just don't understand that mentality. All right, Julie, International News Roundup, what do you got for us this week? Uh, well, can we just start with, you know, adding our salute to those three Americans on the train that, you know, they were traveling together, their buddies, they were childhood friends that averted, without a doubt, what would have been a major terrorist um, um, incident. I mean, how brave were those guys? How, you know, extraordinary were they to just rush up to that armed terrorist who was, my, you know, he was, he was on a watch list. The terrorist was on a watch list in three different countries. So they knew this was a bad guy. And, you know... And they were so brave and they saved so many people with their bravery, you know, and I'm sure you've seen the interviews. They just seem like the greatest guys. And I'm very happy for them. I'm happy for everybody that was on that train. I'm happy for their parents. You know, they're so so proud of their of their sons, you know, job well done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it does point to the vulnerability of trains. I mean, they had that has been a focus of terrorist attacks in the past. And I'm sure it will be in the future. But um, I think we can feel good about those guys. Hey, I wanted to mention, uh, this is a big story. And, Leanne, I knew that you would really want to get involved with this, that 
Hamas, uh, you know, which uh, they are claiming that the Israelis are using dolphins as spies. Okay. Have you heard this? And in no, fact, no, but I know we use dolphins to patrol San Diego. Well, this is the Israelis. Um, apparently, this is Hamas has captured a an Israeli dolphin. Okay, that is what has happened. The dolphin, the Hamas is saying that they they captured this dolphin. They confiscated camera and other spying devices that were put on the dolphin because the dolphin was you know, was uh, was tracking and um, photographing and providing information about Hamas naval commandos. So now we have we have a dolphin in captivity, Leon, uh, <laughs> Monica. <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of sad, you know, and, are they going to interrogate him? Well, they- Hamas is they're really mad. They're saying Israeli has taken advantage of dolphins and has taken advantage of pe- of humans love for dolphins and dolphins ability to play with people. I mean, so there's this real war of the words going on and that they are using this captured dolphin as a symbol of, you know, of again, of the heightened tensions between the Israelis and Hamas. <laughs> Well, I we real again in the glass house syndrome. We can't say anything because we use dolphins to patrol dolphins. San Diego. Yep. So yep. they're out there earning their they're keep. Those dolphins. I know. So I, I think you know people in the dolphin loving community. We can <laughs> right. only hope that that they are going to release this captured dolphin. I mean, that's serious. Uh, um, in in other war of the words, I am watching the North Korea South Korea situation. You know, they right now they are doing high-level talks to diffuse sort of the war fears that are going on because uh, South Korea started um, broadcasting um, anti-North Korean uh, broadcasts from 11 different speakers along the North Korea-South Korea border. And I guess this really upset North Korea, and they started lobbing some missiles. So they are sitting down now um, for high-level talks to see if they can diffuse the situation. I just bring this up because I know people like to make fun of North Korea. They like to laugh about it, but it's a very serious situation and that it could could really escalate. And that's the only thing that they've got going in North Korea is this sort of war machine, war propaganda, and there's nothing they, you know, like better than to keep all of their people on high alert and focused on, you know, invading South Korea, which is really what they want to do. So uh, let's hope that these talks are, are going on. So I mentioned that. I also want you to keep your eyes open on Canada. Here's a big story in the New York Times today. Uh, and I'm really surprised that this is happening in Canada. But apparently Canada has a maple syrup cartel. Did you know this? You know what? I took a look at that headline. I was like, I am going to read that story later because that looks fascinating. I yes, did not know is. that. I did yes. not. What, Ma- what's happening with the maple well, syrup? 70% of all maple syrup is produced in Quebec. See, I think you thought it came from Vermont. As I, <laughs> I thought it came from Vermont. It doesn't. It comes from Quebec. And that they have set up a federation, a maple syrup. Federation in Canada that controls the supply and prices of maple syrup. Well, there are some individual maple syrup farmers that feel like, you know, that they just don't want to participate in this cartel. So it's like the OPEC of of syrup. Yes, this is the Mm -hmm. OPEC of maple syrup. Okay. That's exactly what's going on. And that there are what they're calling maple syrup mavericks. And I think we Mm. need to get behind these people. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
they're they're trying to control their own destiny and and for us it means maybe lower prices in real maple syrup so uh which is good because i do love real maple syrup but it's very expensive so you're 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 tempted by the fake syrups (laughs) so it's very very expensive real maple syrup we don't i mean we don't eat that much so of it, but. I, well, I know it because it's controlled by this, you know, evil Canadian uh, maple syrup cartel. Okay. So, so I just want to alert you to this. We're going to be on this story. Okay. We're going to be championing the maple syrup mavericks in the future and hopefully bring down the cost of real maple syrup. So Leon and her family can have more waffles and pancakes. Okay. okay. Hey, Saudi Arabia, good news there, I think. Women are getting the right to register to vote. Oh, okay? that's well, okay. They okay. are going to be it's able. About time. They are going to be able to register to vote and run for election. The first elections will be in December, so that's the good news. Okay. The bad news is, as far as I can see, they still can't drive themselves to the polls, so that's going to be a problem, right? They're, they they're right. not allowed to drive, yeah. and they're probably going to have to get permission from their husbands to vote, right? So. So this is one teeny, 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 tiny step uh, for women in Saudi Arabia. And we'll just have to see what happens there. Um, But uh, I also, you know, speaking of women and women's gender equality and rights, a big story about this United Nations and the question about whether after 70 years of men uh, at the helm of the United Nations, is it time for women to be Secretary General of the uh, United yeah. Nations? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't Why you not? think so? I don't know if it would make a difference. Right. Uh, I mean, I can't. I can't say that if it would change any of the dynamics of the United Nations. But when you consider that gender equality around the world is such a key issue, and for raising up, you know, raising up children and families out of poverty. You know, the role of a, of a woman in the family is is key. Uh, it seems like maybe it's time. Yeah. So. so, you know, why not? That's sort of like, let's give it a whirl. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the way I feel about other, any sort of female political situation or ahead of a company. Or, let's just give it a whirl. Like, what, you know, okay. why not? Uh, it's been, you know, sounds- Yeah. Give it a whirl. 70 years. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Of, of, of male leadership. Yeah. Why, let's give it a whirl. Okay. You heard it here first at Satellite Sisters. And finally, sisters, I was perusing. It is August. There's still time to go to the beach. And depending on which beach you go to in northern or sub, the southern hemisphere, you can go to a beach world, uh, year round. But it was a list of the world's best beaches. And I picked out a beach for each sister. How about that? <laughs> Okay, so let's, Monica, let's start with you. Yes. Uh, This is number three on the list of world's best beaches. It's Rabbit Beach in La La Pedusa, Italy. I know you like Italy. I know you've been there before. And uh, but I didn't know that you I didn't know if you knew that they had one of the world's most outstanding beaches. No. So but why should I go? Because because it's Italy and Italy. it's a beach. Okay, that's it. Don't overthink it, Monica. It's a world's best beach. Overthink it. There's sand. There's water, salt water. I'm there. Yes. Sand, salt water, pizza. Okay, pizza and wine, pasta and wine. Well, you can't beat that. Um, for Liz, um, the number one beach in the world is um, is a Brazilian island called the Fernando do Naranda or something like that. <laughs> 
Do you want me yes. to say that again? No, I'm no, not I going don't. to say that. Okay. <laughs> um, but this, I, I picked this Brazilian beach out for Liz is because number one, it's spectacular and it's number one. And, you know, Liz always likes the best. Right. It's international. So I thought she might enjoy that. And I felt like she has enough frequent flyer points that she could actually get there. Yes. Good call. So that, cause it, it seemed like it's a little bit remote, but that would not stop Liz. Okay. Uh, for Sheila, who is not here today, but I but I know that she would enjoy this beach. It's in the Turk and Caicos, Caicos, Caicos. Uh, it's called Grace Bay. Grace oh yes, Grace Bay. Have Why, you heard? Because this? there's a lot of amenities there. It's 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 stylish and beautiful. So I thought that that would uh, appeal to Sheila, uh, who is both stylish and beautiful. So I have that for her. Now, for Leon, for you, I picked out the Ella Fonisi Beach in Ella Fonisi Crete in Greece. Oh yeah, great. How about that? Yes. You are a cla- you were a classics major in Love college. Love Yeah. Okay. Love and uh, I just thought that this would be an ideal place for you. These are all like top 10 beaches, you can't go wrong. And I think you need to put it on your wish list. And from, for me, mm-hmm. I picked out a, a beach in the Seychelles. Oh, uh, I've always just, wanted to go there. I know it's so far away and yeah. so exotic and uh, that, you know, I know it's going to be good. So that's it. World's mm-hmm. best beaches. Okay. One for each sister. And uh, you know, it's just, it's something to, to put on your wish list. Julie, where's that from? Can you send me the link? Where's that list of world's best beaches? Because I, I, I know saw, people are going to ask. Okay, it's CNN had the list okay. of world's best beaches. All right. I will put that up at SatelliteSisters.com. Right. So speaking of vacations, Monica, here again. I, I, I'm here to try to answer the question, should you bring your cat on vacation with you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Is that something people ask, Monica? Not, I guess. I guess. Okay. All right. I think they wonder, you know, a cat, a cat's not really a dog. You know, dogs like to go on vacation. Dog, you can put it on a leash. A dog, you can go hiking with. You can't really go hiking with the cat. But I decided to take my cat on vacation with me. And I'm not sure it was the best idea I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> What is that, Monica? Don't take away. If you go to this beach in Italy, don't take the cat. But why? I don't think cats like beaches. So just a little bit of a backstory. Everyone knows I had this garage cat named Kitty. People have been asking, what's up with Kitty? I know. Well, I'm going to come clean about Kitty. So this was years ago. Kitty came into my backyard, lived with me for three years. But I have to tell people, Kitty ran away. Uh It was during that period when our parents were both sick. I was away from home a lot. I had kind of someone putting food out for her. But anyways, Kitty ran away. I hope she ran away to someplace better. Uh, (laughs) I was sad. I looked for her. I couldn't find her. And that was the end of Kitty. So uh, my brother, also, they had a garage cat in bed. Her name was Cleo. So he gave me Cleo because he knows I'm allergic to cats, but he knows Cleo had lived in their backyard, their garage for eight years. So I get Cleo and I've had Cleo for about three years. She's a giant fluff ball of love. That's what I call her. Black and white cat. I absolutely adore her. She's wonderful. Uh, She's been spending a little bit of time in the house. So 
I, uh, you know, this year, because I, and I usually get a cat sitter when I go away, but I'm going to be gone for a whole week. I'm over in bed, and I decided, why not bring her with me? Uh, it's not like I'm staying in a hotel room. Now, I don't think bringing a cat to a hotel would be a good idea. <laughs> I can't. There's, you know, this is a house, and it has a fenced backyard. So I decided I'm going to save money on the cat sitter. She likes to be with me. I'd like to have her here. Let's just give it a whirl. Let's just try it out. What's the worst thing that can happen? Well, the worst thing that could happen is that Clea would run away. Um, oh, that no. was that was kind of a big fear of mine. But no, that hasn't happened. Okay. <laughs> me, shoot. That was a good setup for that, though. Let me just tell you how it's gone. So... I put Cleo in the car. That that was that was not good. You know, I had a I have a big bunny cage that my brother gave me. <laughs> so the trip over here, well, there was about it was very traumatic for the cat and the driver. There was about <laughs> an hour and a half of yowling. And oh then my god, just yowling. Um, and Monica. then I know, but I knew I knew that would happen. Uh, but I kept telling her. Her other choice is that she stays home and is lone and is lonely. And now, of course, I don't have a fence anymore. So I had to bring her with me. So she she kind of wore herself out after an hour and a half, slept. We get here. I bring everything set up in the house. I have a litter box, her food, her water. The first thing she did, and I don't blame her, she just ran right into Liz's room and got under the bed and stayed there for eight hours. <laughs> No, that's sound. I mean, that's that's smart. Yeah. I mean, she wanted, like, a dark, quiet place Yeah, to try to erase the memory <laughs> of our trip. So I, I coaxed her. I, I coaxed her out from underneath the bed. Leah, you like this. She came out. She's just covered in dust bunnies. I know. <laughs> there you go. It was like, it's very hard was, to keep that room dust-free. It's just it a was, lot of dust. It was like she was like a mop. And picked up all these dust bunnies. So note to self, I'm gonna I better mop under that bed before I leave. Um so I I you know, the thing about Cleo is she likes to be outside in the backyard. That's her thing. She at my house she sleeps outside, she sleeps in the grass, she sleeps in the dirt, she doesn't like to sleep on a cat bed. So I knew if I got her outside the, the vacation would really start for her, you know, and for me too. So of course I bring her out in the backyard. The first thing she does is just try to escape. So she, she found like whatever little gap in the fence, she just like tried to get out of there. But I, I secured the perimeter early and I found like cushions and pieces of wood down in the basement. And I, I plugged up. Yeah, there's a lot in that basement. You could you could probably find a whole nother house down there. Yeah. Liam, you told your husband told me if you can't find anything, it's down in the basement. Well, I found a lot of stuff down there. So I plugged up all the gaps in the fence. And then she loved it back there in the backyard. Okay, good. So she's back there. She found a little spot, you know, up by the boxwoods, you know, on the upper deck there. Yeah. And finally, I'd say after 24 hours of being here and her being very anxious and I was anxious about her getting away, she's finally settled in and we're starting to really enjoy our Ben vacation. (laughs) So um, should you bring your cat on vacation with you? It depends on the cat and it depends on the vacation. That's what I would say. Okay. 
Okay, Monica. Well, I'm still feeding the cat at our Sound house. advice. Yeah. So I, I, I can appreciate now how those garage cats kind of work their way into your life. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys. There's a story in the New York Times fashion magazine today. The big fall fashion uh, magazine came out in the paper, and it just caught my eye because it was um, subtitled "In Praise of German Underpants." And <laughs> so you're in. You're right. Yeah, that's a, just a great head. Uh, that headline grabs you right off the bat. Right? Well, and then it's a photo of these two, you know, extraordinarily beautiful Germanic people in underpants, uh, staring out at the Alps. So that's what I envision my life to be like. <laughs> that's what I aspire to. If you have the right underpants. Right. If Everything I only had the right underpants. So the writer Emily Witt goes on for about 1,500 words about the superior engineering of German undergarments, although many of the companies she actually mentions are Swiss, so I didn't really understand that. But she compares it to, you know, your Bosch refrigerator, your Bosch dishwasher, uh-huh. dishwasher, you know. The Germans are known for their design, and they've really nailed it with underpants, okay? <laughs> she, and so she mentions this brand, Zimmerly. And, um, but of course it being the New York times and the fashion magazine, they don't give a single price. There's not a price for any of the world's best underpants. So mm-hmm. I have to go online and, you know, track them down. Just how much is a pair of Zimmerly panties? And the only, one of the places that sells them in the U S of course is Barney's. You can mm-hmm. find a line there of Barney's in New York. And here's what I found. I'm guessing, I'm just going to ask a little quiz. Julie, Monica, how much uh, usually do you spend for your underpants? <laughs> well, I, I like the jockey brand. Yeah. And I wait till they're on sale at Macy's. And I think it's like three for 24 bucks. Okay. That, <laughs> yeah. Julie, do you, I mean. I mean, I, I don't think I can match Monica's uh, precise information about the cost <laughs> of, my, of my undies. But I think we're we're in the same range, Leon. I mean, like I, I'm ten dollars, twelve dollars, maybe. Yeah, I mean, right. You but usually you wait till they're on sale, five for thirty or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can get a good deal. I, I'm in that range too. Uh, okay, these Zimmerly underpants, the cheapest pair of underpants, a single pair of panties. I hate to keep saying the word <laughs> panties, but I just want. <laughs> I just is sixty five dollars. Oh. And you can pay up to, like, if you want the boy shorts, which I don't suggest for any of us. Um, <laughs> just saying. As a uh, style, I, as I, a, I don't think it's going to work. Right. right. $100 for a pair. A single pair of underpants. I mean, I just think you have to think really highly of yourself to pay $100 for your underpants. Or you, just might, or you must not wear clothing. I, that's, that's <laughs> a, I don't spend that much money on really nice jeans yeah on pants never mind underpants i mean maybe that's the thing julie maybe you're right like the couple in the photo they're just wearing the underwear because that's all they can afford (laughs) 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 i hadn't really thought about that i mean she and and then and then when you go to the undershirts you know the tops the camisoles which i like to wear a lot but again i i can find you can get perfectly fine ones in the ten dollar range uh nothing cheaper than 125 dollars Nice. And now can you put these in your Bosch uh, washing machine? (laughs) Probably not. I think this is all hand laundered, don't you think? It's just, you know, it's it's all 100% cotton. So again, there's a lot of simplicity for all that money. But I'm just saying, that's a lot of money for underpants. (laughs) (laughs) No. 
may be a, a bad sign. A bad sign. <gasps> All right, we're wrapping it up here on this beautiful Sunday at Satellite Sisters. Um, all right, you know, we've been doing the Instagram Satellite Sisters Summer Fun. Julie, you are leading the way of all the sisters. Our, you can find our Instagram account is at Sat Sisters. We are giving away some Sol de Janeiro um, sun products. This is a particular, it's a kit for your feet to make your feet beautiful and smooth and worthy of $100 underpants, I think. <laughs> I mean, really, you just have to upgrade your whole life if your underpants were $100. <laughs> really, think about it, right? Liam's not going to get over this. I just like, that's what I'm going to get you for your birthday, Liam. One, one, one pair. pair, one panty, one perfect pair of underpants. Um, all right. So the Instagram Satellite Sisters Summer Fun, Julie, you're monitoring it. You've been very good this week posting things. And uh, any reports on that? Any updates? Well, did on that? you? Uh, I hope you like my latest posting, which I thought was very unusual. <laughs> that this is an airline pilot travels all over the country and finds earrings and bits of jewelry and he brings it back and he hangs it on a tree in his front yard. So every time you walk by his house, there are like different earrings on the tree. (laughs) Wow. I have to take a look at that. It is. It's not such a great picture, but that's the story behind it. And it's, it's kind of nice. It's kind of unusual. And it's, it's the earring tree. Uh, and so, yes, I, and people are having so much fun all summer long. You know, they the pictures are great. Please keep putting them up uh, because I don't know when the contest is over. It certainly not. We, we've got a couple more weeks here in August. So hey, this is it. Have, uh, over 900 entries. I know. So bring it on strong right here at the end. Okay. And if you can buy some of these German underpants and photograph yourself (laughs) in the underpants with the camisole top, I I think that could really, that would be a lot of Sat uh, Sisters Summer Fun, wouldn't you say? (laughs) That's the hashtag. Hashtag Sat Sisters Summer Fun. All right. So, uh, but I've been on uh, Instagram. I've been trying it. I'm not really a picture taker, but I'm trying to get on board. And one of the people I just started following, I just want to share because it's been delightful. Uh, it's Elise Stefanik. We've talked about her on the show. She is the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. and But she also happens to be a friend of our niece, Megan's. So she was at Megan's wedding and Megan's baby shower and things like that. So one of the reasons I started following Elise was that Megan put up an adorable photo of her and the baby. And so I liked it. And I saw that Elise Stefanik, Congresswoman Stefanik, had also liked it. So I started to follow her. Well, Elise appears to be on, you know, her summer break from Congress. And I got to say, ladies, that it looks fun to be a Congresswoman because (laughs) it's all all week long. It's just photos of like Elise on a tractor, Elise eating apples from upstate New York, Elise enjoying artisanal cheese in Rochester, you know, Elise walking on a construction site, Elise with the firefighters. You know, it's just a fantastic sort of photo essay of what it's actually like to be the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. So she's a Republican from the congressional district, the New York 21st. Uh, her, her profile is new ideas, new, new leadership, American dreaming and fighting for small business. Youngest woman ever elected to Congress exclamation point. So you can find her at Elise Stefanik and you it's E L I S E S T E F A N I K. I'll also put that at satellite sisters just so you have the correct spelling of her name, but it's just kind of a fun thing to do to follow in the life of a congressperson. It looks awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, let's give it a whirl. Leanne. <laughs> give it a whirl. Right. Give it a whirl. 
Look at her. She's doing, she's doing it. She's doing it there. She's eating cheese. That's what she's doing. Artisanal cheese from upstate New York. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. You can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. We also have a Facebook group. It's very lively with discussion and our regular Satellite Sisters page. Uh, so, Monica, any big plans for the rest of your vacay? Well, uh, more fun with Cleo. I'll definitely Instagram her this week so everyone can see it. Uh, You're not going to take her paddleboarding, are you? <laughs> no, she's never leaving the backyard. Okay, good. Oh, no. <laughs> There'll Good. be no outings, no more outings with her. Uh, okay. We'll have a really fun, just relaxing week planned here. All right. Excellent. We'll and then, Julie, it. I'll be talking to you on Tuesday, apparently. Tuesday. We've got, we got another big show coming on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a whirl. <laughs> Why not? Give it a whirl. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>